0: What's going on everyone? Happy Thursday. My name is Everett DeLorme and welcome back to another episode of the Volleyball Source Podcast. I've got a very special guest. I mean, I feel like all of our guests are pretty special at this point, but this dude is extra special. He's joining us from across the pond over there in England, in London. You may recognize his voice From the FIVB World Tour Streams. He was the commentator for the past tournament in Qatar, the Qatar Cup. It's the one, the only, the golden voice himself, Mr. Louis Lett. Louis, how is it going? Uh,
1: It's it's going well since you've given me such a glowing introduction, mate. Nobody's nobody's ever introduced me like that. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, It's good to be back with you after. What, we last did one of these in
0: Hamburg in 2019? Yeah, the last time we sat down to chat was, yeah, w- world championships in, in Hamburg. We did it pretty late. What was it after, like, pool play? It was one of the days of pool play, man. Those days in Hamburg were long. Um, and We had a couple beers. We did it in your hotel room, and, and it was great. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to get, get together since then, Um, mostly because of this little panini that we're going through right now. And, uh, yeah, you just got back. From oh no, wait, sorry, sorry, you didn't get back because you did it all remotely. Unfortunately, no travel, no traveling for for you right now. But you uh, had the privilege of commentating the semifinals and fine and medal matches of the Qatar Cup. Let's just jump right into it. checks get the win on the men's side, um, April and Alice get the, the, the men the win on the women's side. What are your initial thoughts on that event? Um
1: initial thing was it was just great to be back. uh whether i was sat at, at the same time i'm sat at now it was it was great just to have World tour volleyball back. I'm a bit of a purist so uh most prestigious tour in the world and it was it was it was good to be obviously the one who had the chance to to broadcast it. um it was just different because i i was at home um but from a volleyball perspective, i thought it was really interesting to see how teams have used the pandemic uh wisely or not so wisely to to get better at volleyball um and the breaks been being really good for quite a lot of teams um the czech guys being one and i think alex kleinman being being another um for, for
0: sure um but yeah it, it was great to be back why do you what do you think got better about alex kleinman's game
1: um i mean i i think overall like core skills passing setting blocking i mean i, I think this this sort of break for anyone who's transferred from from uh, indoor to beach volleyball everything takes time right and I, I think i read a I read a stat that she's only been outside the top 10 in world tour beach volleyball since she crossed over from indoor which is which is some effort right like mm-hmm. to, to have that that crossover and to take to it like a duck out of water for from my research i actually personally know a lot of them but i don't know alex personally um but she she played a lot of beach volleyball and and played Manhattan Beach Open uh, from a young age. But to make that transfer with with April was some effort. But also, it just shows that if there's a ceiling there for Alex Kleinman, she hasn't quite hit it yet. And the pandemic's maybe given her a bit of more time to adjust.
0: Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. I mean, we got to saw them dominate in the Champions Cup last year uh, on the AVP tour. Those those three events, and then once again, they kind of they they dominated fairly well they did kind of have a bit of a a bit of a slip up they did lose a set to to and brooke uh er, earlier on i think it was in pool play um but yeah they they looked very 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 good i found that mel and sarah did not look great actually throughout the event and that they struggled to find their rhythm and so the fact that they were in that final to me was 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 great because it's clear to me that they're nowhere near you know they're nowhere near the level that we saw them in hamburg in at 2019 and they're still making the finals
1: yeah which is which is a a great sign for them isn't it like really that they can still produce um even even in a tournament which which they're not peaking for but knowing scott davenport pretty well you know that he's not planning to win uh doha um he's planning for 3 months time which is uh, at, at the olympic games in in tokyo so i think for the coaches it's, it's really i think what i find interesting now is is how they really plan to peak um for, for tokyo so you look at stoyanovsky krasilnikov they took a fifth uh last week which is a great result but again they that they might be in a heavy like a heavy set of their season where they're lifting a lot more um, because they want to be strong in three months time or they're changing things technically so in theory they can have a better chance of winning or maybe they're running a wider set and they're they're going through that process of messing it up a bit so in three months time it, it's it's stronger and I think that could be where we see uh, like Sarah and Melissa is, is going through a phase where actually they're planning for the future as well so it's okay like performance isn't isn't so linear and I think that's what what we saw
0: yeah I, I definitely agree it was it was definitely like watching the event and one thing that I have to say, and you're gonna actually hear me praise the FIVB, which if anyone knows me, I'm not I'm not the most likely to do that sometimes. But the fact that like we could watch every single match qualifying all the way to the finals, all on YouTube. And Usually, when, when that's the case, it's there's only a couple of courts that being streamed, and only up to a certain point, and then it's behind a paywall. But everything was for free from the start of qualifying all the way on, and and I thought that was great. They just kept it simple, baseline camera. We could have had a bit of better audio. We could have had a little bit of better scoring, but overall, we got to watch all of the matches, and it really seemed like like you said those the the top teams in the world are kind of working into it. They're not there's no there's no rush for the majority of them. But there is a rush for a couple of teams, and we saw, you know, teams like maybe Lucena Dahlhauser get a, a better result than they would normally earlier in the season because that they're 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 looking for those results. Yeah, so it's There's
1: obviously two different types of teams: one, like, or well, the the type of team that can plan for three months time, and the type of team that that need to turn it on now, and hopefully they get over the line, and then hopefully they can still perform in three months time at the games. But they don't have the luxury of of having this. This, this process of, yeah, of, of seeing what works and seeing what doesn't, and, and doesn't matter if you fail a few times, like for some teams, they, they obviously have to be on, on point. From the FIVB perspective, what you just mentioned, I think there's a change uh, over the last year or two on, on the digital front, um, which is making it really much more uh, forward thinking uh, with, with the likes of Modo and Ace, that they're trying to get more more volleyball and more access for fans and um, more reach. And I think we're just, we're only just seeing the uh, the tip of the iceberg, I think we're going to see ho- hopefully a little bit more. Um, I mean, the fact that we could do a commentary remotely um, from London. Um, yeah, my, myself in London, Marco Klatiger was in Doha on the Sunday at the Players Hotel. Then we had a sound team in New York. Um, in New York. The TV coordinator was in, was in Cologne. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Yeah, gnarly. And we're all in the same program and it's all running like clockwork, like yeah, to, to, to get to that stage, for, for I think it's quite exciting to know what, what could be right around the corner in, in the future if people are working like that to make things like that happen. Um,
0: yeah. I, I think the future's bright. Yeah, I definitely agree. I've been one who's been calling for kind of because we saw that a, a, a while ago. Was it 2014 in the Netherlands, the World Championships, where everything was streamed on YouTube? And then we saw, I think we saw the same thing again in, in, in Austria afterwards. And it was, you know, the, the, the last one uh, again. Or the last world championships that everything was behind the, the paywall on on volleyball world tv and for me it's just like volleyball needs reach right we're we're not a boxing and we're not in an, uh, an event like this where people are going to come like the people who are spying the live streams are the same people week in and week out right it's the heart it's the hardcore volleyball fans and the average volleyball fans aren't going to pay for it so that's why you know if we if we want to you know, get bigger as a sport. It needs to be on a platform like YouTube where the reach is, you know, exponential. It's it's completely open to as, as many people as, as possible. And I found, like, the chats and, like, we were getting, you know, like thousands of people watching at at the same time, which sometimes for volleyball you don't see. But the chats were legendary. Like Randy Stoklos was in the chat. I saw Eric Fournier, Moana in the chat. The McKibben bros were in the chat. Like anyone, like Troy Field, like the, the, the list goes on and on. I found it was such a great way to watch volleyball. You know, just have it there on YouTube for anyone can anyone of any age can access YouTube. And everyone is able to communicate with each other on the chat right there.
1: Yeah, and we made a point of knowing that like for Doha, there wasn't so many sales of TV rights. So therefore we could change the flavor of the commentary a little bit. So I don't, I don't know what the future holds for that stuff, but for sure. I mean, uh, when I, when I work, I, I know that I'm talking primarily to the beach volleyball community. Like there, there aren't in my eyes, too many people who who are maybe tuning in on the off chance and staying glued to it. So it's great to, to communicate with, with the community that, that you're obviously serving in, in your role, but, I, that's how I
0: see it. But also that, like, you know, you, you, you're, you you're, I mean, just to, to preface this, for, for those who don't know Louie, Louis is, you're a commentator. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of one of the things that, that you do. Uh, you've done other sports. You did the 2018 Sochi Olympics, or not Sochi. Um, what was the, where did you go in Korea for the Olympics? Kyeongchang. Chang, yes, sorry. Um, but you're also a volleyball guy. You know, you are heavily involved in the beach scene in, in England. You've done some, some indoor stuff too. So you're one of the few guys who, who does does both of it. One of the most frustrating things for me is when we have these guys who are being like, you know, the player in the opposite color jersey is called the libero, and he's a defensive specialist. That kind of stuff. It just frustrates the hell out of me. Because when I, growing up, like when I watch soccer, football, or, you know, like, you know, American football or English football, it was always like you always learn the game from watching the commentators, right? And if we have these commentators that just always deliver to the lowest common denominator and dumb it down for everyone, no one's learning the game. Those people aren't going to gain any interest. So that's why I love when you did the commentary and actually talk about the athletes and talk about, you know, what's going on as opposed to just be like, oh, yeah, that was brilliant. That was great. No, no offense for for the for the accent there. You are. I've said this again. You are the. I that I accent. Yeah, I I agree. I mean,
1: like uh, I coach primarily still every day. Like we've just started a new program here, so my my education is purely in psychology and coaching. Um, I then coached national team in in England. So I spent three three winters, I think, in California, um, and that was rad because we were just all in this me, Jake and Chris were all in this pot of learning in the deep end of the sport around yeah, like training with Phil and, and Rosie at the time and uh the trained yeah it was it was a really cool time um with with all the AVP guys like John Mayer, Brad Keenan um and Israel out there, Japan were out there and we were just trying to get amongst it. Um and then the commentary I've I've always done the live events around the UK and then that fell into doing live events in uh sorry for for the european champs and then the fivb so it's been a bit of a strange journey where i i sort of do both um but i was also a ski teacher and a ski guy for four years at the beginning so i, I did back I, into skiing
0: because did, didn't you live before. up at revelstoke for a bit
1: yeah mate yeah yeah there you go <laughs> almost got rev almost got stuck um <laughs> yeah, you, you could, you could for
0: sure get stuck my brother i think he's living up at Fernie this year or Kicking Horse, I don't know. Some, some somewhere in in that area, and uh, because we stopped during the pandemic, whoa! If the lifts
1: are open, yeah, pandemic.
0: No, the The lifts are open, and he says it's great. Like he was sending me snaps the other day, and I mean, he's. I think at this point, he's also a backcountry guide, so he like he knows. And yeah. the other day, he was sending me snaps, and they're all just hanging out at the top of this mountain. They had built this little jump that they're all just doing. You know, you know hucking themselves off of they had set up like a little fire it, it, he looked like he was living the life and i i could definitely understand like that notion of getting stuck in a in a ski town yeah yeah it's ha-
1: happened almost happened a few times um i'm definitely not the jumper though definitely definitely the skier uh that de- de- as soon as i start as soon as my skis leave the floor i uh i shit myself um, yeah is <laughs> the, the easiest way to put it um yeah, i'm the same way yeah, it, it's been a nice i i, I believe with it all it's, yeah, i i love being out in canada and, and love loved revelstoke and my time there for two months it was it was a good place to to get stuck
0: i feel like it's a very almost like the same way that you can get stuck being like a skier in a ski bum like you can also get stuck being a beach volleyball player too you know you can just get stuck living that lifestyle and you know hanging out at the beach every day there's a who is who's the guy we had this this english this english kid that i met in 2019 in in vancouver actually what's his name lefty kid sam wolrent yes sam wolrent and that guy was a legend like he just he just hung around in uh in vancouver would extend his time was like finding different like you know different people to stay with just so that he could stay and spend time in vancouver and play like different clivers play you know challenge court every day play the different vancouver bc like that, 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 like Sam Warren is, is a legend. I love that guy.
1: One of his first coaches were from the same town.
0: Oh really? So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah he's, a, he's a really, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. And he had a great time. So yeah, it's, it's just been a, it's been a good, good, uh, I guess with volleyball, my like mastery, trying to learn it with, with the psych and coaching background that I had and then trying to learn the game as well at the same time. And, coach and give back to the guys at the moment every day is, is the plan. Um like you know peach volleyball in the UK is 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 struggling. I it, it is and always has been. But mm-hmm. unless you're out there every day, it's probably not going to change no matter how much you're learning, change takes time. So there's a there's a commitment here for the with the Commonwealth games in mind and pushing teams for that in the future and eventually growing towards an Olympic Games that that we can get somewhere. But it's um it's never that easy. Uh it's a it's a daily, it's a daily push of Everybody working together with not a lot of um, support or income, Um, but that doesn't mean
0: we still can't make it work. That's very. No, you run. Do you run like a beach volleyball club in Crystal Palace? Is that it?
1: Yeah, good, good one. Yeah, so me and Jake Sheaf run it. So Jake Sheaf played Commonwealth Games and played World Tour for a long time. So he's just come out of um, come out of retirement with Chris Gregory. They're they're about six weeks into a program, and alongside it's about train. And Freddie course, are like the four that train there every day, and then hopefully some of the other youngsters come in to, to, train and we build something. But if we're there every day, then hopefully people come. Right, that's that's the plan. So yeah, Crystal Palace uh, in London, there's there's a good couple of hundred members that that come through the club. So between everything, is pretty busy. There's there's enough going on when when life opens up again.
0: That's great. So if you guys are ever in Crystal Palace, um, yeah, yeah, London, come more, more of a scene than you ever know. How how far is Crystal
1: Palace from London? Uh, we're southeast London, so we're we're twenty minutes on the on the overground from central. Okay, great. So not far.
0: So yeah, yeah. yeah if easy. you guys are ever ever in London, go go check out Crystal Palace Beach Volleyball Club. I'm I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a great spot. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a good one. It's it's a good little place.
0: Now we we you and I were talking, and also I was talking with. Uh, have you seen the beach volleyball vlog or blog? Sorry, on on Instagram and stuff like that. They Doing a really really good job, um, he and I were talking about kind of earlier in the in 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 the tournament in Qatar. We'll go back to Qatar. We've kind of been all over the place, but I think that's that's the way it goes sometimes. We were talking about you know how bad the Americans looked early on, right? We had neither of the two American teams were able to get through qualification on the men's side, and then. You know, at one point we had Nick and Phil who were looking like they are going to get possibly kicked out in the first round. Um, Do you think that there has been a a massive shift in men's volleyball from kind of the, let's say, Western style of play where the Brazilians and the Americans have dominated for so long to now more so of a European style of play where now the Europeans uh, are, are really starting to dominate?
1: Yeah is my answer 100 <laughs> um i think there's there's reasons behind it right is car oh, i wish i knew this question was coming because i i think about this stuff a lot everything comes down to i, I think it's culture and environment that, that you set so in the past brazil and the usa were the guys out there every day pushing it um and that's why ball control from brazil they're, they're so good but i do feel now that that teams from Europe are reading the game a lot better um, at times they' they're taking up better defensive positions there. Yeah. I just think they've, they've caught up. It's, there's a lot of money that's gone into programs over here. And also there's a lot of investment on the coaching side of things. So it's people's full-time jobs to live, breathe and um, put into practice, these programs. And I, I would tend to believe that, that maybe from my experience, please correct me if I'm wrong because it, it does happen quite often. Um, that that same level isn't always there in the U.S. or Brazil for every team. Maybe for the top one or two, yeah. But I, I see that you still that still pay coaches per hour as opposed to being a full time job. Um, therefore, there's multiple teams from multiple coaches. There's still maybe a, a feeling of turning up to practice, but actually a program looks different to practice. Program is full time. Practice is yeah it's very loose and I could be very wrong depending on the individual, but I do feel that having Europe, having lead lead figures of big programs um, and then having athletes that are paid to be there all the time make, makes a
0: huge difference. I think that's, I, I think you're dead on with that. And I think that it's really a huge issue that like, you know north american volleyball needs to address. i wouldn't say brazil isn't is on that because i mean we've both been on the world tour we've all seen how it seems like every brazilian team has three coaches a therapist a mental person and maybe even a small fan bus to go along along with them right like the brazilian contingent is huge but i definitely know that on the american and canadian side of things they just don't have that have the resources right um it's you know like Sam Pedlow was putting out TikToks the other day being like, oh yeah, you know, I thought I'd be able to make a, a, a full-time living being a professional athlete, being you know ranked one of the top 20 athletes in the world, but ha, I guess not because the realities of, of funding and, and those things in North America are, aren't there. I think the financial realities in the, the in the USA are a little bit better, to be perfectly honest, than here in Canada because you have the AVP tour and you have those events where you're, where you're able to, to make a little bit of money, but I mean, in Canada, you're basically on your own right you get very very little funding from from the government it covers your rent maybe and then other than that like you're on your own to to, to fund your own it's interesting yeah. it's, it's it's been interesting to, for me to see how tenerife has really evolved into this this spot and me and the and beach volleyball blog we're talking about it at the beginning of the event is that like tenerife has now surplanted on the men's side definitely being the spot to train for European teams?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been there for a long time. I, I was there in December. Uh, I took my guys out, but then we had to come back because of the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and the rules changed here. So we were there for three days and, and had to come home, but out there was, was yeah, everybody. Um, I mean, one, once upon a time, I, I think, you know, like Beach Volleyball have had these pioneers who have gone to California or gone to Rio and eventually it's means that they can grow it in their own country and grow it in their own continent. And then all of a sudden that grows and probably hasn't outgrown it. But for sure it's cheaper, it's warm, it's it's great there. And there's enough teams that pose enough threats to to not have to spend the money to live in Manhattan Beach, which which is not like that's not cheap. Um, but but Tenerife is is not bad value whatsoever either. So it, it sort of ticks every single box. Um especially now with how easy it is to fly, not at this moment in time, but you know, everybody's in that circle. So it's easy to plan a training camp with three or four teams of your level at a certain time to to push each other That's that sort of how it works at times.
0: So what made it Tenerife? Because, you know, Tenerife to me, when I think about, you know, the, I guess the, like the, the meccas of the sport, clearly it's becoming one now, but I mean, like, other than Herrera Gavira it's not like spain has been known for beach volleyball and the, the, the what they what they've been doing so is it you you mentioned that you know there is there's a few the a few of those people that kind of go to those places and bring it back like who who was the fact that who made it the fact that like Tenerife is now the spot
1: i mean lily and elsa have have been there for a long time um, and it started with with them as well. Um, and, and their coach, um, I actually did, did some writing for the FIVB on, on this, um, on this subject. Um, so, so let me find it, but they were very much like the men were training there in the nineties, um, in a, in a build up to Atlanta, 96, um, 60, uh, Jimenez, um, was, was training there, um, due to like, the all-round climate basically. Um, and then after the Olympics, he started coaching, uh, Pablo Herrera and Javier Bosna, um, and they went and won a medal, um, in Athens, they won the silver medal, I think. So it's, it's gradually been something that's building, but the canaries here are a huge in Europe. Um, like it, it's only three hours away and, and you have 25 degrees plus. So it gradually, it's quite easy to bring there and, and teams have been traveling, traveling there to train for, for a long time. Um, but now I think it's only become big enough because all the world tour teams go there and it's become a huge thing. There are still teams training in, in other Canary islands as well Fuerteventura, Um And also uh, there's another one, but I can't think of it off the top of my head now, but you'd say six day uh, Jimenez um, and then obviously uh, Herrera uh, and, and Bosma would be pioneers in my eyes of, the, of that training base
0: because it, it seems really to me it, it seems to me just from watching on, on instagram and, and stuff like that that you know it's almost like manhattan beach where you can go there any given day of the week and there's some of the top pros in the world training there it, to to me is that is that why you know we saw the the success of that young swedish pair uh, almond and helvig uh, uh in qatar
1: uh, maybe, um, I mean, when we were out there, they were on the same training court. So, uh, there's, um, a really good guy. who's now the coach of Switzerland, uh, Danny Rodriguez-Wood, and he's been in charge. He's, he's actually a pioneer of that training base. He, he makes that place run. I, I don't know why I didn't think of that before. Um, but he, he was coaching, uh, Van Erzel, uh, Marlene and, um, yeah, well, up till last year. Uh, when she, she split up with with joy stuber um he's now with switzerland um and basically we messaged him to say we're coming and he said it's full there's 18 teams on four courts like we can't fit anymore uh but there's two three courts in los Cristianos, and you can go there so basically it was full and sweden were there uh on the same court and and their aims were my aim was to try and inspire the the meant to be four of us going but then there was two it was just to inspire them to be around high level volleyball to to kick them into mm-hmm. to seeing it um and for Armin helvig they were for them they they've been successful junior level like they haven't they haven't just popped out of anywhere mm-hmm. um they've been successful at one stars and, and two stars um but that was their first camp where they actually could test themselves against like Brower musen or varenhorst and van der velder or carambula rossi or whoever it is like that they, they were there for the first time to play matches before Christmas and play as much as they could to see where they were at. And they were doing good. They were winning. Um, they have Raz, um, their head coach, Rasmus uh, Johnson, and also uh, sort of overheading or just keeping an eye on everything is Anders Christensen, who's a bit of a legend. He's a volleyball wizard, if you're aware of that book. Um, and, and that's, yeah, that's sort of their, their background. Um, but I think that camp gave them the belief. I think they, did a number on some of the teams um, in that training camp. And it's, it's probably aided their, their belief in what they're doing.
0: Because I, I mean, it, it, I, most people probably won't remember it now, but there was a point where they're up like 12, two on Guto and Evandro in in round two, was it round two or was it quarterfinals? I, I, I can't really remember, but they it's were. Months, so. Yeah. So, so, so then it, it, it would have been the the quarterfinals or sorry, sorry. No, it would have been uh, round two. Um, but, you know, I I I had known who they were because I'm pretty sure they won the what is it? the Youth Olympics 2018 2019, yeah they won the they won, yeah, the, won the, the youth, won the, the, yeah won the Youth Olympics. They've they've won the FIVB events. They've they've been they've they've been around, but this is the first time actually watching them. Didn't get to see their their game against Ben and Ben and Grant because that was in the middle of the night here, and unfortunately I've I've got things to do during the day as 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 well. Um, and, but watch them against Evandro and guto they're just so good they speed up the game so much by a jump setting and they jump set more than any team I've ever seen on the world tour and how often that they run on two like their two ball is an almost every play situation
1: yeah it's um they're playing indoor right they, they run they run the two ball as a middle attack and they try and take the blocker's attention. And then they flip it out to the pin to try and leave leave no net. So it, I mean, it's completely different game to what we saw like Anders or what we see Anders and Christian play, which mm-hmm. is um, like they use their arm swing to turn the ball and to turn angles. Where they're the Swedish at the minute are not trying to turn angles. They're 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 trying to lose the blocker. So I mean, I, I do think like they were phenomenal. Like I I had I wouldn't say doubts. You always know like by watching them play. And train like in Tenerife, they were playing against Rossi Carambula on the core and we were watching, and it was fun to watch because it was two really creative teams. Um, And you can see what they're capable of, but you sort of still ask, can they still pass under that pressure to run that system? Because to run the middle indoor, you 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 have to pass well. Like to, and it's the same in in for this for beach. And being able to to see them do it was was great. But also like from Brazil, I'll be honest, like that they should have copped on and realised. What their system was, and actually, Brazil were as impressive as Sweden were. Brazil were also not so impressive of of setting up against that that team. Um, and Evandro had to figure it out. Let's let's put it that way.
0: They looked a little bit cocky, you know. They it kind of looked like that they were they just kind of strolled in off the court to be like, ah, you know, like I'm sure we're going to be able to take this. And the first half of that first set was all Sweden, and it didn't look like. So it didn't look like Brazil was going to get a, a a sniff at all, but you're right, as soon as Evandro started putting the pressure on with his, his serve, it was a bit of a, a it was a bit of a different story speaking of a yeah. fight, sorry, go
1: ahead. sorry, it's just a really good match. It's a really good match because it was a great matchup for Sweden. like Sweden are not the biggest team on tour. We're going to talk about them like they're an established team because they deserve it. um they're not the biggest team um on tour, so they want to run the big blocker around. so. They run that game as good better than anybody of of running that two ball wide set. Sorry, in, in training we call it B ball. So two ball wide ball. Um as well as anybody. And it was the perfect matchup for them to run around andrew And they they did a great job. They they really did. The the sorry,
0: def- Gudo. <laughs> Well, just to just to touch on just to touch on the um the uh that the, the the Swedish pair. A that I was very surprised when I saw the height of the Swedish blocker. Like he's what, 6'2", 6'3"? Like he's he's not a tall guy at all. But from what I was seeing on the stream, he was getting up there and he was actually putting up a very solid block. It's not massive anyways, but it's very solid. It seems like he seals very well to the net and he, he presses his presses very well. But at, at the same time, some of the pickups and, and the digs that the defender was making were world-class at, uh, as well. Like, you know, digs that I expect from guys like Bruno or, or Lucena top defenders on 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 tour not 19 year olds
1: yeah yeah there's there's loads of them there's loads of them coming through mate you, we're gonna have to uh yeah like the, the the future's gonna be interesting because i think it's only gonna get get bigger and bigger and i the, the swedish coaches were saying that the next generation of jump setters are, are all bigger
0: what's up with these nordic countries just love like norway and now sweden like like are we gonna have like canada obviously we're doing pretty good if we had a little bit more funding it would be fantastic like what is up with these nordic countries making a run at beach volleyball
1: yeah i mean that what they've i think what they've both done is is they've not waited for anyone to create it for them they they've gone ahead and created it themselves and then the funding and the money's come afterwards mm-hmm. so sweden have, have only just started receiving from my knowledge i, I could be wrong here from what I understand, they've then just started receiving some money from the Olympic Association. Mm. The the Vikings the Vikings started by themselves to 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 change to change the environment and the culture and they had the right mindset and the right minds and the right athletes to, to do it. So it's just yeah, they're just investing a lot of time to then hopefully get the money later. From from what I from what I assume. From from what you
0: assume. Fair um, enough. Um, from what I know. <laughs> um But yeah, going back to the Brazilians it's not so much about guto more so about Avandro um, Bruno was out for this event so that's why he's he's playing with with uh, with guto but Avandro seemed like he spent some time in the gym over quarantine he wasn't his normal like hunched over awkward looking Avandro he seemed much more confident and less less erratic like it, it definitely seems like he focused on his game and his body during the quarantine and he's a little bit scary now yeah he's he's always yeah he always scares me um but yeah i i
1: see what you mean he, he's come out fit he's come out firing like i think he's become a better setter um i mean he, this, he's he's this, another yeah. guy that he's another guy that the the quarantine sorry not the quarantine. The pandemic would only have benefited right like the the blockers and the people who need to improve on their ball control stroke certain aspects of their technique like it's given a real strong phase for for players to get better in these areas and he's hand setting better his bump setting is even better and at, at world champs i always felt like if you could make him bump set you would have a good chance to stop bruno siding out like the rhythm that that was being created wasn't the same so I don't know, like but whether I'm right or wrong. It's just sort of how I've seen it over time. Is, is that he, his his settings got better? And I think, I mean, if you're playing against him, do you want to serve someone who's seven foot and super athletic out the sand, knowing that he doesn't hit as many angles or his vision isn't as strong? Or do you put it on Bruno and like million dollar question, right? <laughs> and and see and see how Evandro sets to to see if he can side out at a high level for a long period of time.
0: Do you think they're uh, they're like a a gold medal threat in Tokyo?
1: Oh, good question. I think they're a medal threat. Um, I mean, I would be really interested. Like, I think the four-star in Stard's going to be the the one tournament if everybody plays that you can really see who who the medal threats are. I mean, Andy Mole's not back yet, but, I mean, they won the European champs with his hip hurting and they were close to pulling out like, yes, yeah, it's fine. So went to Yermila after King of the court because Andy was going to pull out and then they looked so comfortable um, and wanted anyway. <laughs> um, and then the Russians, I think they're building phase. Like, I don't think we've seen the best of them yet. I mean, you, you look at um, you look at the way that they won in 2019, they didn't win much and then they won the world champs and then they didn't win much. And then they won the World Tour Finals. Krasilnik- like, you, you can It's pretty good. Pretty good going to win the two of the biggest events. Um, so I'd say that they know what they're doing in the way of getting teams getting teams ready on the big occasion as well.
0: Krasilnikov's a straight up baller. Like Silnikov, when when the time when it's clutch time, Silnikov makes plays that I don't know if there's any other defender in the world who can make them. And he like he just makes the swaggiest of plays when, when it's crunch time. Yeah. He's,
1: I think like playing left side from my experience of watching the game is you have to be dynamic and yeah, like you, you, you have to do a lot more work with your feet on the left side to get into good approach lines at times. And and he's got that in abundance and the way he loads in his jump. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's an interesting battle of of that sort of thing because you i I sort of remember the um world tour finals where the vikings were trying to keep him inside and stop him from accessing sharp angles and and he he did it really well and he was dynamic and he almost like his dislocating his shoulder to access it It as unreal and then at the european champs he couldn't access those sharp angles because he didn't pass as well so like uh there's a good battle there between between both of them i think but that's just my again i'm I'm watching every game on my own and coming up with my own answers. Um, so yeah, that's
0: yeah. I, I mean like the the reality is is that we're just because no one knows what's gonna happen, right? We're we're just we're just shooting the shit to 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 figure it to to figure it out because who knows what happens come July in Tokyo, right? Maybe we see the Grimalts go on this amazing run and next thing we know we've got a gold medal for Chile. Who knows? Yeah. Um before I mean,
1: we one one thing I do think, sorry, is is with Andre Bruno to, to answer your question. Is is it is about having weapons, right, as a team? So, having him as a jump server in that situation, he serves you into a five point lead. They're they're good enough to hold that to hold that level. Like yeah, for, Bruno's for sure against.
0: Bruno's not getting up, giving up a five point lead.
1: No, yeah, exactly. So, like, of course, they can win a gold medal. So silly, silly for me. Um, but but yeah, that I think a few things have to go their way, is what I'm saying. But for sure, they can make it happen.
0: Because, like, for me, if I'm looking at the top three metal th- threats on the men's side, it's got to be, like, Krasilnikov and, um, how do you, how do you say his partner's name?
1: Stoyanovsky.
0: Stoy Okay, no, no I, I, I was, no, yeah, I was messing it up. Stoyanovsky, that one's, that one's an easy one. Um, Stoyanovsky and Krasilnikov, of course, Mole and Sorum, uh, and then Thole and Wickler, Wickler.
1: Big big hopefuls, right? Some silvers in, and and also I think it's key to look at their performance and not judge them in in Doha, Like taking a ninth, like they have one of the the best um, support teams in in the world, like absolutely hands down in in who they have around them. So they they won't be planning for for today either. No. And if you look at if you look at Lara Ludwig winning in twenty sixteen, the results early season weren't there and then they just built built to that performance in rio like it was yeah like they were baking a cake but the, it, they it, it, it's,
0: see the, they also lost that game to nick and phil right and a that was a bit of a redemption game for nick and phil because Thole vickler beat them at the world champs that was a that was a mass a massive game that was one of the first few to, few like sold out games that we had uh, in in Hamburg, um, but also like Nick and Phil needed that result to to jump ahead of and try and Trevor. So I think, you know, Tholey Wickler finishing with a ninth in in Doha. That I don't. I'm I'm not. If you know, if I'm a German fan, I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. Just because of a the circumstances and then exactly what you said. Like that's a team that knows how to plan their season and they always peak at the right time.
1: Yeah, that that's exactly it. They have they have a great team around them. Like. Um, your Jörg, Jörg Wagner is involved with them who coached Brink Reckerman and Ludwig Volkenhorst. Uh, he's, he sits, I think in a management, um, area of, of the teams now, like the head of performance, um, and he's just won two straight Olympics, um, underneath him there there's a, there's a team we, we could go into each of them, but yeah, they, they have a great team. And also like, look at this time for for like, what have what are teams changing? So what do you see different about Tolle Vickler? I didn't see Tolle Vickler, I, I missed every game of theirs. I watched a lot, but I didn't see it. So maybe someone else, but maybe they, maybe, I don't know, Vickler's hitting more like wrist away swings or he's hitting sharper angles from the left side, or maybe Tolle is, is hitting a different swing that he didn't have last year. And and all of these growth takes time. And and I would say that if, if someone's hitting a jump serve now, knowing that they're only going to get 60% of them in with the hope, because some of it is hope <laughs> that when it comes to clutch time in three months, that is up at 80, 90% and you're getting more teams out of the system. So that's just why I sort of like, yeah, from you don't really get time to go into this in commentary, but I just feel that you haven't seen the best of some of the teams yet because it's still, still to come.
0: But I mean, it, not only that, but like, it's, it's not a traditional uh, start to the season in any sense First of all, like when at the time we're starting the, this point of the season, um, the fact that there wasn't a real season last year, um, the fact that when we went into this event, there was no confirmed other events after this. Like everyone just, just went in blind. So, you know, this this was a very, very odd start to the season in, in many yeah. ways.
1: Yeah, you can't prepare for it, can you? Like you, you I think uh, a good, a really good friend of mine is the head coach of Switzerland, um, Mike Suda. Uh, Gersen, and he just four four weeks away was the time where it got okay right doha's has happening four or five weeks to to quickly go into okay now it's now it's game time and we and we switch on um so yeah like that's that's COVID, right that's that's how we're all rolling is trying to the fivb are in such a tough place and they've done a phenomenal job to get this this calendar like it's a phenomenal calendar considering how many people are under the pump and and how how stressful it's going to be by the time you put in a couple of king of the courts and you put in the continental cup and like that's a pretty full calendar for for teams really so it's going to be interesting they've they've done really well
0: let's jump let's jump onto this 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 calendar now uh like we just said there was nothing heading into doha there was no calendar we didn't know if there was even going to be a season throughout doha they did they did release a, a a calendar um we're basically going to have 5 events that are going to be able to be significant to qualify for the Olympics. Am I am I am I right in saying that? So Sochi Sochi this... Let me let me uh... I've got here the, the the last
1: um like start doesn't count, so that's that's a gonna Everything before start counts.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so five events. I was right. There's the three Cancun events, the three Cancun hub events, Sochi and Ostrava. First off, let's start off with the Cancun hub. The FIVB has announced that they are going to be doing a hub, a bubble, three consecutive events, all in Cancun. This is, it's not going to be a league or anything. It's just going to be three separate tournaments. Um, what are your what are your initial thoughts on on this this pub at this bubble? I didn't think that they were going to make it, that they're going to be able to pull off anything like this, so I'm pleasantly surprised that this is what's going to be happening.
1: I think that anybody
0: would like to go to Cancun over spring break. <laughs> I, I, I did that once um about 11 years ago and it was a very different story, let me say that.
1: Yeah, unfortunately I don't think they're going to get away with any of any of those uh shenanigans if, if they no if one's they no one's going to
0: coco bongo for sure not this time
1: oh that sounds that sounds like a good spot
0: um, it was it was i don't remember leaving there I'm, but i definitely remember going
1: nice um i look forward to to trying that, that that spot out maybe i'm a bit too old for that now um actually i, I reckon i'm definitely <laughs> uh i mean i i mean i i'm only going from um from what i hear so i i don't know i i might work as the fivb commentator and i love my job but i'm very much on a, a freelance is freelance basis so i i don't know everything so a lot of what i find out is the same time as anybody else find find stuff out so um yeah three-week bubble i think you can get there a week before um and i think you can leave early but you can't arrive late is is what i understand so if you want to enter the first two that's fine and this could be so wrong and i'm sorry leo and everyone at the FIVB, if i've got this wrong um yeah but that's my understanding you can arrive up to seven days before and, and you can you can drop out early if you want to but you, you can't keep joining late in the bubble basically the people just can't keep coming in and out
0: all, all the time that 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 makes sense do you know do we happen to know if there's gonna be any type of Qualification, country quota, like where do we where do we stand on on all of these things?
1: I don't know the answer to that. I think there'll be a qualifier. I don't know about country quota. Um, I, I don't know those many that that many details. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the teams that I coach has just signed up for it because it's expensive. But for us who are looking to get points, um, three four stars in a row, if you can get in the qualifier, is a good start to your beach volleyball international career to get those points on the board. So that, that's how. We've, we like, we've gone for that as a hope that
0: qualifiers and they can get into it, although it's expensive, but it would work. So then you would guys like would go and essentially if they don't qualify, they would just spend, I guess like a normal FIVB tournament, you just spend all week training and stuff like that, getting practice matches against, against the other, the other teams around and then yeah. you just gear up to go again the next week. Yeah. So
1: I think it's, I, I need to check the dates, but to my understanding, it's not, I think the events uh, cross over quite quickly. Like, I don't think it's every, that the finals are every Saturday and Sunday. Mm. I think that the first finals are maybe on a Monday and Tuesday and then the tournament starts again on the Wednesday for the qualifier. And then it starts again for the pool stage on the the Thursday. So I think the turnover is actually a bit quicker, but I think if you get there the week before, then it actually means that you're there for three weeks overall. If, that, if
0: you're with me i'm i'm excited for this for multiple reasons first and foremost that we're going to have events in a western times time sphere like in in a, in a western time zone for once we never get that you know i'm going to be watching volleyball at a normal time and not at either super early in the morning or you know in the middle of the afternoon but also like very it's 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 very much going to be like, there's so much variation when you watch the world tour because there's travel, there's the different locations, different teams per, per week per week, but this is just gonna be like three straight events all at the same place. And it's it's I'm hoping it's gonna be very much like the A V P Champions Cup where we're gonna be able to see kind of like the different progressions from from different teams like week to week. I'm just excited to see how like how teams are gonna be able to like battle like that without all of the other stressors of the world tour.
1: Yeah, like being in—I just think there's going to be so many pros and cons. I think they would have learned so much from Doha that actually, I think it might be stricter there this time because there were a few positive COVID cases from from Doha. So I think it might be stricter. So that's actually going to there's going to be pros and cons for the players on on that. You know, like being being uh, there for three weeks in a bubble is a lot more stressful than being somewhere for for, for a week to ten days, right? Especially if you can only leave your hotel room to train or to eat or however it is. I think it's going to be great in some ways, but also psychologically from an athlete perspective, it's going to cause some different, um, yeah, some different things. And I think it's, it's amazing that they've managed to get it on and if they can do it safely, that's unreal. Um, so everyone needs to obviously support that, but at the, at the same time, I think it's going to bring new, new challenges as much as it's going to bring pros. It's going to bring some struggles as well.
0: I'm, I, I think for me, it, it all depends on how they do it. You know, like, is this going to be an NBA type bubble that like once you're inside of it, like they have the entire hotel, like it's it's all going to be locked down. Like, are they going to have common areas to go hang out? Or is it literally like you can only be in your room or you can be in the eating area, you can be in the training courts or you can be at the, the stadium, you know? So it, I think it, it really depends on how, you know, you can you could manage it. But you don't think it would be kind of like a like a, a training like. Like, let's say, like, like looking at the Canadian men's teams, for example, both of them are on the cusp. Sam and Sam, I think last time I checked, they were sitting, like, in that last spot, in that 15th spot uh, to qualify for the Olympics. Grant and uh, Ben are just a little bit out. But for those two teams, like, that's kind of like a weak... Or, or like a, a month training camp in a sense where it's just like, hey, let's just go and, and, and figure this out. Like we want to qualify for the Olympics and we've got three straight events and like there's no distractions, there's no travel, we know we're here, we know what's going on and like we can just focus in on the job.
1: So that is unreal, which is what I'm trying to tell the guys I coach. Get out there, train and, and be professional and be around it and learn as many lessons as you can and use it as a, they can't they haven't been able to go away and I don't know if they'll still get signed off, but the same thing, we're sort of saying get out there, and, and focus, and I think yeah, you're, you're completely right for 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 Pedro Schachter and uh, Grant and Ben as well. It, it's just an opportunity for them to. I mean, they've been training in in Canada, right? They've not been able to to really go anywhere. So well, I think Grant to
0: Grant and Ben have been in Brazil actually because Grant um, uh, yeah. Grant married a, a a Brazilian girl who uh, it now like lives in Canada, in Canada and stuff like that. So they've been training uh, in in Brazil um for a few months now and i think they're going back there as well too because the problem is with canada right now is that if you leave the country and come back you need to do like a a mandated like two-week quarantine um and yeah exactly so that's why mel and sarah were going back to um to uh to, to, to to, to Manhattan Beach, and I'm pretty sure Heather and Brandy as well are are heading back to 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 Brazil because they've been tra- training in Brazil, and actually their entire coaching staff is Brazilian now.
1: Yeah, that with um Agatha and Barbara's coaching team, right from Rio, the Ricardo de Freitas, which is cool. They, I, mean, yeah, I, I think being, I think Pedro Schaktor are going to need that three weeks competing every day, training every day, and I, I think. For the Canadian teams, you're completely right. I think it's going to be a benefit for them to have a three week cup.
0: Yeah, because I don't think
1: More, my, my head's picking on it now. Like they train every day. I think you see their best in 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 week week twos and threes.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that especially when you're a Canadian beach volleyball player, you don't have the teams around you and the the support around you that the other other countries do. You know, like these guys aren't showing up. Like if they're there, I'm sure they'll have a coach but like their coaches aren't with them all the time. And that's why I think, you know, like for Pedlo as well too, like Pedlo just had a kid, you know, he hasn't really been necessarily like, of course he's still training, but it it hasn't been outside or anything. So I think it's gonna be great for them to to kind of get out and and into the sand. Going back to, sorry, go ahead.
1: I know, I just said it's interesting, right? Like that's what the European teams have in abundance is accountability. So the coaches, the head of programs, they're, they're all held heavily accountable to making sure learning happens and making sure that like people are held accountable for, for results more so than, than countries.
0: Yeah. We don't like, like ours or we don't even have a head of program anymore. They sacked Steve Anderson. Yeah, that, yeah,
1: Steve, which, Steve Ando, I saw he went right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I like Steve as a person. Uh, I think he's a, he's a good person. I don't know if he was necessarily the right fit for, for the program. Um, I'm questioning how much he actually did for the program and how much of the success in the program under his tutelage was due to the athletes and their individual coaches themselves. But I mean, obviously thank, thank you, Steve. I think he did do a lot of good things as well too. But, um, I think that at certain times there was a lot of praise for Steve Anderson that maybe was, should have been more directed towards, you know, the athletes themselves and, and their coaching staffs. Um, but to- I
1: met him a few times, and to me, he was one of these ones who I looked up to because of his success in Sydney. And he was only ever for somebody who I, who I sort of looked up to was was when I was 24 and coaching in LA was only a, a massive help. He was great, so yeah, I, I hope he I hope he does good. But I completely. Have no idea what happened in Canada. Oh,
0: I, it. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that anything happened. I, I'm not at all saying that anything was was negative. However, that I think that he was brought in as a program head coach and not as a like, you know, and and the realities of running the program of of what we're doing is is maybe a little bit different than what a european would would coach was happening and that i'm not entirely sure how much of his impact impacted say mel and sarah or branny and heather or any of the top teams you would you would kind of meet some more see his impact on maybe the organizational uh structure of all of volleyball canada and how things were restructured on that end to allow us to be successful and how we trained like the the juniors and, and the next gen and, and stuff like that um but you know t- t- going back to Br- uh, Branny and heather um you know they had such a great season in 2018 they were on the podium i think it was like 11 times they were ranked number one in the world after that season, heading in, into the 2019 season. 2019, we didn't see the same level of uh, success from Heather and Brandy. Bit, bit 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 more of a struggle for them. Instead, we saw Mel and, and Sarah kind of break out. Obviously, we haven't really seen them much. Just got to see them a little bit on uh, in Qatar. Unfortunately, they matched up with Mel and Sarah, which was a great matchup, by the way. Uh,
1: that was a good game. I watched. I watched probably the last two sets of it.
0: It was. It was a great game. I thought their strategy of serving Mel or Sarah Short was fantastic. Heather played unreal. She broke Sarah's block multiple times, which you know, like, we know that there's a rivalry there. We know the story, and you know that that probably felt good for Heather. Um, But I thought they looked good. And I think that they're a dark horse team on the women's side that maybe people have forgotten after their 2019 season. Maybe forgotten about a little bit. And I still think that they're a world-class team that could surprise everyone this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, like, I don't know. I think the stat was, what, in 2019 there was 10 teams that won 15 events on the women's side. Like you just can't I can't pick it and they're definitely in my in my side I mean when you've got somebody uh like an outlet you guys call it the option (laughs) the of of brandy um yeah I think so I think I think they can medal we eat like absolutely I mean it would be great if we had more events I could comment a little bit more like again you're just like you're sat here looking at it going you can only judge them on what you saw like 18 months ago, which is really fair, uh, unfair because a lots, lot's happened in there. But I think, yeah, I saw what you did. They served well. And I think serving short, when you've got Brandy at the net, I would be using that tactic a lot on, on certain angles as well to try and force teams into the block of Brandy. Um, and I, I think they can go, yeah, they they, they they, definitely have it.
0: Is Brandy the best block, female blocker in the world?
1: Or... Oh, honestly because they haven't made as many final fours i haven't seen as much of them as i have some of the the others but yes in terms of height and in terms of press yes um i mean the difference i see sometimes with uh, on the men's side of of anders is the position that he can take because his eyes and what he sees and he can really stay switched into every situation Mm -hmm. um but i need to watch a little bit more of her but 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 yeah she's 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 definitely one of them right i mean blocking is is as much about your eyes as it is your hands and your feet and and what you see and how quickly you can react to certain situations so yeah there's there's a lot of different things i mean this the swiss are going to be be there maybe around i think both, i think
0: both happens? swiss teams are real dangerous like mm-hmm. i think i think hubert or, or huberley bechart are like they're low-key one of the best teams in the world
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um mm-hmm. and again like a, a low-key ninth like same with heather and brandy like a low-key ninth in doha means means nothing in three months time right it's it's all building blocks for and an and Inukin, um joanna hydrica are also progressing really really well but who knows the beauty of the sport is it's so variable you can have two teams that match up completely like you can get a bad matchup as you said for Evandro Gudo um matching up with the Swedish boys is a bad matchup for them but but maybe matching up with Phil and Nick is a good matchup for them so in the women's side it's, it's exactly the same
0: it's crazy to me how on the the, the men's side, we, we talked about it earlier, how we saw that, that shift from like the Manhattan Beach hub where everyone's traveling to Manhattan Beach to train, whereas now in the men's side, like they're all going to Tenerife. Whereas on the women's side, I still think that Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, like LA, I still think that's the place to be. And I think that's because of the inclusion of NCAA Beach Volleyball. I really do. Like, I think that the, the talent that's coming up right now, that the young American and, and Canadian talent or Latvian or every other, whatever other country that's playing in the NCAA, like that is really going to be the next battlegrounds of women's beach volleyball.
1: Yeah. You think, you think it's going to hold? I I mean, I'm really in, I'm really interested because I mean, these, these guys are supported so, so well until they finish college. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay you finished college now so so um see, see you later and and I think actually to to fully catch that talent I, I think the support system has to maybe be a bit stronger from coming out of college into into professional beach volleyball it'd be my would, would be my opinion off the bat from the top of my head but i, I believe that in in Europe that they're, they're nurtured all the way through from like you U19s U21s like U23s whatever you're playing and there's programs and and you get you get supported the whole way through until that olympic run so i mean there's no right or wrong way like i do believe that NCAA are going to provide a massive massive uh, a massive pool of athletes with 100% but but how many how many can you catch at the end of them would be my my debate because you're going to have a load but is is there somewhere for them to go or or are they expected to fund themselves find their own coach make their own mistakes or are they going to have somebody bringing them through
0: well i mean like at the end of the day like in doha we did see like three of the four teams were north north american with like stockman and larson who 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 made it in and i mean stockman and larson made it in off of beating um Carrie and, and Brooke and of course there was Team Slays uh, as well. With... They played so well, um,
1: yeah. They they were so
0: good. I give them full credit to. Yeah, they were unbelievable.
1: They they could go. They could still go close with three three good results in Cancun, and it's 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 game on, isn't it? It's
0: it's it's going to be real tight because on the one hand you've got Carrie and Brooke who are. Are, are are very, very good. Of Carrie Walsh Jennings is quite possibly, if not, like, she's the GOAT in so many different ways. Like, she's the GOAT. Like, what is it? She, like, a 29-1 all-time record at the Olympic Games? Like, only one loss at that, that one semifinal um, uh, against the the, uh, the Brazilians? Like, she's the all-time GOAT. Um, and, you know, I, Brooke is, is great, too. I don't think she's as good as maybe the other defenders that, that Carrie has played with in the past, but, like, that's quite the long, that's quite the nice list with Misty May and, and April Ross, but watching team slays, like they've put it, like put it this way. I don't know if they have the amount of skill that some of the other teams have, but they work harder and they work together better than most, the, the majority of teams on, on tour. Like they are just workhorses and they they make it so difficult to end for any team to beat them.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you feel that if it's not this time for them, it's going to be next time, right? Hundred percent. Like like you, you feel that I, I had a stat at some point, but I don't have it on me and, and, and I have to I have to delve deep in my hard drive to find it. Um about people qualifying for the Olympics at their first effort and it's minimal. Like it's it's minimal how many teams actually qualify in their first Olympic run. And they, they've done so well, actually, to be fair, I take back that comment on the NCAA. Like, they've been brilliant coming out. Like, I worked on them on the Hague four-star indoor in 2018. I don't know. And, yeah, and I watch all the AVPs. Like, they are brilliant. And I, I retract my statement of Europe crushing crushing America. Because if they keep producing players like that and, and better, it's it's going to be close. Uh, but but closer than what you thought, too. um, with, with Europe's, Europe's work. But you feel that with... Uh, with with teams like that they'll have to go through this process to know it better lot next time and i guess the thing with kerry uh walsh jennings is i mean she's put her playing top three to wash more than anybody else which like that's something that you just can't mirror right that's that's something that you just learn so much so it's 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 interesting because whether They'll be able to hang it out. Who knows? But they're they're going to be close, right? And you wouldn't put it past her to get there and also get a good result once
0: she's there. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, I agree. Do you think? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a bit out to left field with this one. Do you think that we are getting into a, like a almost like a conspiracy territory, where the FIVB slash the Olympics might pull some strings to get Carrie Walsh Jennings into the Olympics because think of how like like think of how important she has been to NBC's programming for the past how like three Olympics like she has been a centerpiece like she is the Olympian right like I know I have worked for events where like the event is like entirely based off of of on Carrie Walsh Jennings and I have worked on events where it's just like oh yeah we're doing literally millions of views and millions of impressions a day All based on carry, So is like, you know, I did see on a message board that when you're talking about the the country quota quota situation with the American men, about how some believe in a conspiracy theory that the USAV is trying to get Nick and Phil into the Olympics because they're a bigger sell than Try and Trevor. And that's why the whole country quota controversy thing is. I don't believe that for a second. I I think it was just someone kind of mad on on, uh, uh, a board, but. Do you think that would be a possibility here with Kerry Walsh Jennings? If anyone in the sport, I think it would be for Kerry Walsh.
1: You know, <laughs> no, you, you, don't, you,
0: you don't think a referee is going to be getting slipped like like some some euros and being like, "Okay, we need to make sure that that Kerry and and, Kerry and Brooke win."
1: I mean, like you look at the the men's side, like yeah, it may have not have been to try and Trevor's liking, but it was still on. It was still on them whether they won or lost that game like it, it there's still a personal amount of responsibility and everything that that happens i just don't know how you could how you could ever do how you could get away with it because i know that the referees are so strictly um watched and, and viewed and do you know what i mean i i, I don't know obviously kerry walsh jennings is is the face of 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 beach volleyball but Nah.
0: I know, I know know it's a stretch, but like, come on, like a little bit of controversy. Wouldn't that be fun heading, heading into the Olympics? Like
1: you guys, not for me, for my job, for my job, it would, it would be the carnage.
0: No, it would be great. You'd give you so many talking points during games.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think, I think it's there for them to win or lose on their own head. But at the minute I got it here, they're, they're fifth, right? So they're, they're still that second ranked team at fifth in the world. Oh, sorry, fifth in the Olympics. Kerry and Brook Yeah, with they've they've still got a cushion of
0: what, two hundred and forty points from what I'm seeing. But that 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 loss to Stockman and La- and Stockman and Larson? Kalinsky yeah. and which one's Kalinski now? Lar- Larson is now Kalinsky. It's Stockman Kalinsky.
1: Yeah, Stockman Kalinsky, yeah. yeah. So it's it's Larson. Yeah, Larson mm-hmm. Got married to Billy, um, yeah. But like they, it's still theirs to, it's still in their hands, right?
0: Yeah, you're you're right. Clay's and Sponsel are are still behind them and and stopping You're right. I I don't see. And and I mean because of of how it works, it, it's not like if Clay's and Sponsel finish better than them at the next event like they're they're going to be through it's all based on like the number their their top results and in those olympic rankings
1: yeah so the mckibbons i actually haven't watched but everyone's talking about how good how good a detail they went into with it but think of it on the world tour if i get a ninth and the team around me get a fifth that's 80 points so the difference between places is 80 points a, a position so not only do they need to find uh i've got here 240 um Hang on, is that right? Maybe don't quote me on that, but say it is two forty. You've got to find that in places, but then also it's got to replace. You only take your top twelve results, so it has to replace a bad one as well. Mm-hmm. So if 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 you were if your best result's are seventeenth, then you're only going to better that by getting a ninth or or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's open.
0: Like right right now yeah. in. So right now, just to I go, let's go to the real world ranking. Right now, in the real world ranking, there's only two um, European teams in the top ten in the world right now, on the women's side, and that's and that's the two and that's the two Swiss teams,
1: opposite to the men, right?
0: Yeah, uh, complete opposite to the men, because on the women's side you've got uh, Mel and Sarah, Alex, April, Agatha Duda, Anna Patricia, Rebecca, Clancy, Artelchardesalar. Ar- Maria Antonelli Carroll, Sweat uh Wallace Jennings, Heydrich Valje Deprey, Bechart, Hubli, and then Yang and Jia. Why do you think that is? I think I I think that it's it's the opposite of the men right now. I think that the balance of power right now is 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 staying on the on the West, and I really truly think that it's because of, of the NCAA and that the the quality of uh, that that's going into there. Because at the okay. same time, it, yeah,
1: I'm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, like I, I don't have the right answer for this. I just maybe think that if you look at, um, Pavin, Alex, like Clancy was a defender in Rio with Lou Bowden, and now she's playing blocker, and she's a great blocker. <laughs> I mean, you've got some great blockers in that top, that top ten, and you have Kaiser Meppelink on the outside of that at twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have the right answer. I don't think it's uh, the the men and women's game are very, very different as well. Like. Do- do
0: you, like here in Canada our beach juniors scene is incredible right all of the top young players in Canada play beach however like on the men's side all of our our best players they always go play indoor because the money is better do you think that's a situation in in beach where maybe the money is better on the on the beach in for north american women
1: I mean, the money in women's indoor volleyball is ridiculous in Europe, right? That's true. It's a big to, – to play in Italy or Turkey on the women's side is is a lot of money in, in women's indoor volleyball. But you – yeah, like, I, I I tend to agree. I, I don't have the right answer to this, actually. It's something I've never really thought about. But I, 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 I mean, do I, believe that –
0: yeah, I'm not looking for an answer here. Sorry to, to cut you off there. I'm just kind of pointing yeah. it out that there's there's an interesting how that balance of power is is different from east to west.
1: I mean, you still look here like the April Ross is one of the goats in my opinion.
0: All time. You goats. have all time
1: goats Agatha, Ag- Agatha, Duda, and Anna, Patricia, Rebecca. Like Rebecca is unbelievable in, in my opinion. She's she's actually like can can hit both ways on good angles with with really good vision and brazilian ball control and the ball the ball control countries are still and i put the us in this as well like they have fantastic ball skills and so really brazil as, you, you, you would ball. put the us in a ball as a ball control country i think i think that their their control of the first two touches are pretty good um but not but not as brazil yeah it's it's really interesting In i my opinion on this is, is crazy because as you, as we've seen, like there's still money getting pumped into that Swiss program of, of Hydrik Dupree and Bechard Hubli. Not like, I don't know how much in, in Bern, but I mean, flocky is there with a uh, Vacher Vesje Dupree in Bern. And then Christoph Diekman is living in Greece and he's a former European champion running Bechard Hubli. Um, and then actually the Netherlands have, have got teams coming through that are gonna be scary, Stam and Rieschen. Um would yeah, it could change. It'd be interesting to have this conversation in three or four years' time when Graudina, Klavchenica start to to push through as well. And yeah. what, what about
0: the German girls? Like that's that's the one set of girls that we haven't really talked about much here, right? Because they're a little bit all all over the place. First of all, how much does it suck for Border Suda the fact that they decided to pull out of Qatar because they want to make a statement off of like the, the clothing options and then come to the event. I don't know what happened, but everyone's in bikinis. Yeah. yeah the, 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 because of that, the rule changed, right? So because of that, the rule changed and then Border Suda weren't able to get back in. I don't know. I, I didn't
1: ask the question. I, I left, I left myself out of that one, but I was, I was definitely following it the, the, the whole way. Um, I mean, Germany's interesting, right? Like their tours, unreal. The the Dietechnica and everything they have going on there. Um, the success of Lara and uh, Kira has, has caught fire. There's sponsorship there. There's there's great leagues. There's there's everything there to be be successful. I do feel a lot of it's still carried by uh, by Lara Ludwig and Maggie Koja. Um Their their hopes going going through to the to the games. Um, Borgesuda are currently what 18 in the world I've got mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, and where are they in the provisional for for the uh, the Olympic ranking? One. We're about to find out. Oh, they're they're in at 11. So Germany Germany are looking to have two teams there for sure. Borgesuda at 11, Maggie and Lara at 15. Uh, the Olympic rankings look look a bit different to the um yeah, to the world rankings at the moment. Yeah, they do. And then obviously um MFA, uh, Atache del Soler and Taliqua Clancy have got strict quarantine rules in um Australia so they couldn't leave to go to Doha because again they'd have to be two weeks and I think it was going to cost forty thousand dollars for them to for, for the Australian program to go to Doha so they they join they still need to play two events actually to 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 uh, reach twelve. so whatever they add they're they're currently in a really good position because they're only 12th. But whatever they add is only going to add points to their to their tally so they're only going to shoot up something ridiculous yeah
0: which um which will kick out stube even via Ursel, and then Grodina dina how do you say how do you say her name
1: there's a there's a h in there somewhere between the c and the n the c and the e
0: okay kraven
1: K- okay 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 but then again, like I could get this wrong, right? Like it wouldn't be the first name, I, it wouldn't be the first name I've pitched on the broadcast, um, uh, for sure.
0: But yeah, like I, I, I expect to see, if not one, at least one, if not two, German teams like push into the, into the top of the, into the top ten rankings. Because I mean, right now there's in the top ten there's four American teams and three Brazilian teams.
1: Yes, unreal we also have the continental cup as well right the continental cup in europe is going to be a joke yeah why is that over uh just the depth men's and women's side like the depth of quality of what we're going to be watching is it's going to be crazy with netherlands looking for another spot germany maybe looking for a spot like yeah it's going to be fun in the hague uh king of the court are organizing that sport works in in uh, the hague Oh,
0: um, see. see it's so frustrating to me that we have this friggin panini going on because i would love to just travel the world this year and go to all these different qualifying events but we can't because we've, we're all stuck inside for this friggin panini oh man it's
1: that's, sometimes the qualifying events are going to be more fun than the, the actual games right like the amount of pressure that's on it just to get there is absolutely is, 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 is seeing cancun and watching even watching doa right seeing some of the celebrations of. I think the Czech guys, when they when they made the quarterfinal over Qatar, they knew that was a huge win, like
0: take them forward. And uh, we yeah, have we haven't really talked about that, but that was a massive win by the Czech guys. Yeah, they were good, right? They played really well. I mean, Peruchek, schwiner I, I feel it. like they've they've been really they've been on the up and up the past few years, but they looked good, like really good in Qatar.
1: Yeah, they they passed. I mean they had a blip towards the end like a few hitting errors but they passed perfectly. Um like their reception like they they look like they're running angles really well so when they get served outside they run the ball to the middle and they they move the blocker and the defender and they they look for the gaps or they look to run from the inside out and take the blocker on a little bit and there's a science to every every play they're running is to stress stress someone out somewhere and 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 put the pressure on them and Again, to do to be a world class team on your day, you, no matter what system you are running, you need to pass well, and they, they pass really well.
0: They're Credit si- to
1: uh, and Andrea Tomatis, their coach, used to for Italy. He's done, done well. Oh,
0: Tomatis is their coach. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes more that makes more sense now. They're currently yeah. sitting in twelfth of the provisional uh, Olympic rankings, tenth in the overall world rankings. I think like to me that is a dark horse. Like I think for the the Olympics we're gonna see like for my rule of thumb is like three favorites and one one underdog for the olympics like to to make the quarterfinals that's always kind of my like, like my my rule of thumb um yeah. i mean
1: if you look at this mole sorum krasilnikov storinowski fidget brill alison alvaro Vandro bruno tolle vickler Brower musen gib crab nikolai lupo Semenov Leshikov, herrera gavira Parisage is fine uh sharif akmed Clavins Todge, some oil smedens, Hydra Gerson, Grimoire Grimel are currently the teams. That, oh yeah,
0: like, Pedlow have been have been knocked out of that, that, uh, that top no, ring. No, no easy games there though, mate. <laughs> Nowhere.
1: <laughs> if if Nicolai Lupo is seeded ninth for an Olympic Games, you you don't want to be a top seeded team meeting them in the quarterfinal. No, absolutely
0: like, not. I mean, we, Nick, it, 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 who was it? It was Phil and Todd who had to play face them in the quarterfinal in... Uh, in rio
1: yeah you just do not want no no do, sorry no, not it. not
0: rio uh london you're in your home base in london
1: yeah yeah they uh they yeah there was a good story nikolai tells about he did he wanted to celebrate but he had just beaten his heroes uh, Todd and phil and it was like I, I didn't know what to do like i wanted to console him, um but yeah i i don't really know like one of the most high-level games i saw was at the European champs for a long time. And that was the Vikings against Nikolai Lupo. Like every, they were both giving each other the tough angle to score most of the time. And these guys were both banging the tough angle to score every time. So it was, it went into overtime and it was just high level swing after high level swing. And it was a bit of a, it was a joke of a game. So I think it's a,
0: it's pretty crazy when you look at the standings how there's as much of a gap between first and third place between Mullen Sorum and Fialik and Brill as third place and like 20th. Like there's that, that 3,000 point gap between between and Sorum and, and Fialik and uh, Brill is pretty much the exact same as like the next 20 teams. Because other than Moln Sorum and and uh Krasilnikov and Stoyanovsky, like everyone is close.
1: That's crazy. I'm looking at it again now. I
0: mean you you gotta be lucky
1: or feeling lucky if your Plavin's talks should have already qualified through uh high and because they would be right on the cusp of it all as well. Cantor Loziac are currently not in either. Yeah. Like
0: No Cantor's Lozak, uh, no Erlen Flugen, Erlers Flugen.
1: Karambula Rossi like they obviously missed out on Doha so they they have to go they have to go to Cancun and ideally they need to get a big first result because they've only played 11 events. Doppler so Horst are get... sitting
0: on the outside too.
1: Yeah, I mean I Doppler Horst I I feel like this could be could be too much. Um, I, I, are they over the hill you think? Oh, they're 15 they're 1500 points behind. There's no way you're getting them back. Um I don't know. They're legends, so I, I don't want to say over the hill, because um, they've given so much to the sport. But maybe, maybe past their best at a high level, but still capable of of providing some really good uh, good results as well. But Karen Bula Rossi, Baron Van de Velde. I mean, Baron deserves to like he's he's got a silver medal in the World Championships, and Karen Rossi is one of the most like dynamic teams we have. So, I mean. Hydra Gerson has sat on the fence at the moment, but only 20 points clear. And to put it into perspective, Cantor Wojciak at 80 points behind Hydra Gerson, which is one place in an event. So Hydra Gerson take a... Yeah, Hydra Gerson even take a fifth, but Cantor take a fourth. Well, then they lose that, they lose that sport. And that's why some other Smeddin's taking that fifth in Um Doha was such a
0: big one. It's... it's, it's I some- Sorry, but it's, it's crazy how, you know... Uh- if we go 10 years ago in the world tour, like we knew who the winners would be, ge- would be, you know, like week in, week out, we we knew that there was going to be like the same kind of handful of, of top teams. But now it seems like those top teams are really like, there's a good 15, almost 20 of them on any given week. Like if to, even just to, to get into the main draw, like we've seen some terrible qualification rounds just because there's so much bloodshed going on. Cause there's so many good teams in them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and also put it into perspective, like, Nikolai again speaking to him, He said if uh, they played the if they played the same game as they played in 2015 and 2019, they'd be a qualified team if their stats were the same. So again, like the progression of of everything is is just it, it's silly. It's like snowboarding, in my opinion. It's just going like this, um, and that's yeah. Like I love it because of that because it's always changing and it's always it's always evolving. Um, anyway, I lost the initial question during that. <laughs> I, so,
0: so, so did I, uh, I think I was just talking about how, how like good the, all of the teams are getting and you know, how even the world tour is getting, like it's, it's, uh, it's so much fun to watch now.
1: Yeah, two, two games, two games that stuck for me were, uh, women's, uh, Kelly and Sarah Sponsor. um winning their qualifier against Kachestam and Recession, which was nineteen seventeen, I think, in the final set to qualify. And to me that was a game of fifth place. Like that was a high level high level game in a qualifier for sure. It was a game that could have been easily for fifth. And in the men's was was watching um the Dutch guys um come past um Casey and- ja- Jasper, Jasper and Rubin came past Casey and um Buttinger. And yeah, Chase Buddinger, that was it. Sorry, um, and that to me just tells you how difficult it is.
0: So, 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 so difficult. Like, though the 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 world tour, I think on on both sides is just it's just ridiculously strong, and that's why I was, I'm so excited that it's back. Like, I mean, the chances of me getting to go to Cancun are like maybe five percent less than that. But like, oh man, just being in that Cancun sun for three weeks, just watching beach volleyball. P- <laughs>
1: Might you might not be allowed to, mate, if the bubble's strict, eh? <laughs> you yeah. might take your speedos, and not be allowed to wear them. That would, yeah, that would be suck. That would suck. You don't want to spend that money on the new speedos just for not be able to
0: to to uh, yeah, flex. Oh, I I mean, I know we're North America. I'm North American, so we don't wear speedos over here. They're actually illegal um not not do actually I mean. not actually i've seen like some of those like does does Samoilovs actually train in a speedo sometimes because i've seen videos of that
1: yeah i always expect the unexpected i reckon with him that's yeah good. like for sure that the tidies anyway i i wouldn't wear him uh, my my lockdown where it's not being not being good so uh or yeah, me, I, I, me I don't either. think not think you'd want to don't think you'd want to see that um but, but yeah Samoilovs. In Brazil, yeah, for sure, for sure, wearing the shorties.
0: <laughs> are you? Are you? You're possibly going to Cancun potentially. In
1: I, I, don't know, mate. There's been no decision. There's obviously a pool of commentators that the FIVB use. Um. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, it's something that I could could do with knowing asap because there's a lot of other things I'm spinning. But um, I mean, we have the technology to do it off the tube here. Mm-hmm. They might want to use somebody else um and there's lots of things in the air but we're also what three weeks four weeks away and at the same time we have to be adaptable because of covid and there's there's so many bigger things coming on than choosing a commentator for an event so just have to sit
0: patient for it ah uh, fair enough well i i, I hope that, that you get the job if it's not me then i'd rather be you um <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've, got the, I've got some
1: good ones we have the olympics coming i have the colonel cup i have king of the court um so I, I've got I've got a few as long as I'm allowed to travel I've got I've got a few that in in the book already which is exciting for for a good summer great. King of the Call will be a great great party after the Olympics as well like people coming out and maybe having had a great time or playing without the same pressure as before and well, is, yeah, is, that'd be
0: good. is that going to be in the Netherlands?
1: Well, Hamburg, Netherlands, and then potentially one in Italy as well, but who knows? Hmm. Who knows?
0: Maybe maybe one I'll- in London.
1: You want one in London? Yeah, it'd be great. Just plan. Get get an event in London before I die.
0: How many people would that'd go be...
1: to an event in London though? Yeah, loads. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. If you put it in the right spot, I mean London's a
0: Right, right London's in the middle of Piccadilly Circus, race.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean I think Trafalgar Square, uh a friend, Jake got a quote for a UK tour event there was a thousand an hour. So it's twenty five grand a day. But if you can find a good park like there's so many good parks hyde park or something like that and everyone would come in on the beers everyone loves the party in london so yeah you you, you, you know and there's a big volleyball community far bigger than what you ever would think because it's such a, a multicultural um city
0: how about how, so, you, how about this next time i come to london i've only ever been once i'll come i'll let you know you, you show me you show me this the, the the volleyball spots in london you show me that that underground volleyball scene because i'm i'm intrigued
1: yeah of course you're more you're more than welcome mate yeah yeah, you can come and visit us it's there it's there for you anytime you need it there's a spare room as well
0: oh that's 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 good to know um maybe maybe once we move to our next place we have a spare room because right now my girlfriend and i share a one bedroom apartment um and it's it's a little bit cozy in, in here just with us and uh yeah, so we'll we'll leave that for a few years time. Once you know, I've, I've you made. Say a you're
1: little... in, you say you're in. You are in your first year of of being together.
0: Yeah, we're 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 in our first year. We've 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 been dating for oh, a year and a little bit now, and we're coming up to in June. We moved together in June of of last year, and uh... it's about the
1: coziness of the minute. It's all about that. It's just as it goes to year three, four, that you get the bigger. <laughs> And then, and, and gradually, you enjoy your own space.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, right now it's difficult because, like, I, I do this kind of stuff, and she's a dance teacher or like a Pilates teacher, and she she teaches physical stuff. So, um, half the time, half the time, I'm in I'm in the bedroom by myself on my computer, and the other time, half of the time, she's in the bedroom by herself, and that's that that's where she she is uh that's where she is at the moment. Um, yeah, but... I think
1: my girl will kill me for that comment anyway, so she can hear me now. <laughs> yeah well, she, was, she was she was videoing she was videoing me uh commentate over the weekend. So there's just loads of like videos of her sitting in the front like sitting five meters that way with the door shut listening to it and being like what is going on here <laughs> like, I yeah talking
0: whatever, so. i've i've been trying <laughs> yeah i've been trying to teach my girlfriend volleyball she's a dancer so it's 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 slowly coming she's she's keen and like she she tries her best and but it's uh, you know, it's it's a little bit different,
1: dude. Hey, you're unreal. We don't do that here. She she plays hockey. I do volleyball, and she wants to come and join volleyball, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. She plays field uh, field hockey. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, you guys, uh, you we call you know we call real hockey ho- like hockey with like skates and stuff like that. Field hockey is what we call your. That's when what you guys American play. Hockey. Is that is that what you call it? American mm-hmm. hockey.
1: Yeah, we, it's all a myth to us, mate. I mean, there's a league. It's about as big as volleyball is in this country, ice hockey or hockey's bigger. But yeah, they're, they're about the same size sports. so yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Well, dude, it is currently, I think actually these uh, Champions League semifinals are just going to are just starting right now. Are you going to tune into those? I am yes.
1: Um, I I need to to get through this article for the FIVB that I'm pushing out. What's um, it about? And then live streaming um, about the Swedes. Actually, uh, I'm going to do a four part series on the Swedish guys, and um, yeah, look into how the hows and whys of of their of their success, which helps the broadcasting and helps the story story writing. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's my name.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate. Yeah,
1: yeah, it. That of the women's last night which was fun watched the watched a bit of the Italian call up on the Italian derby uh, which is always a, a fun one to watch
0: that one wasn't as fun to watch as the uh, as the other match though the busto exabaji match or the busto vakuf bank one Vakovbank bank was up 2 nothing and rolling until busto came back and won it with a reverse sweep
1: i didn't know that i didn't see any i of saw the result of the other one
0: yeah no like uh, the the, the conigliano canigliano match was was very boring in my opinion not to mention the the announcer that they had was terrible
1: Oh, did they have a? They had an announcer, did they?
0: Well, from what I what I understand, the announcer at the last minute um, ended it, and so it was just someone like local that kind of like, jumped in, and it was very, it was very sparse. Let's say.
1: Was it British or was it? It was Italian announcer.
0: The the British, like Clayton Lucas, did the first game. Clayton Lucas did the Bank uh, Busto game. Oh, good. So you get you get a good one there? Uh, uh, I mean, depends who you're asking. I think I personally yeah. think that the think- the standards of broadcasting between Europe and North America are very different. I think in mm-hmm. in um, volleyball tends to like want to go with this soccer style of commentating, and I think that's very much what what Clayton Lewis uh, Lucas is. And he's not my taste, let's say maybe not enough uh, knowledge of the players and what's actually happening in the sport for, for, for my taste to, to, to commentate volleyball, but it was definitely better than the other commentator we had who was, I, I don't know who who he was, but it was, it was, it was very, it was like a monotone in court announcer almost being like, Oh, Agano with the kill next up to serve is Hill.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Okay. It, it's a tough it's a tough old gig I'm always uh I mean for a commentator it's it's a difficult it's a difficult role so yeah I have I have a lot of respect for 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 all of them um yeah just yeah I I know that I I'm obviously not not other people's tastes and, and I'll be other people's tastes but not other people's and I'll annoy some people and not others so yeah it's it's very much a yeah, crazy, crazy life of a commentator.
0: Yeah, I, I, I feel that. I, but you know what? I always appreciate the job that you do. I always enjoy. It. I always enjoy you do it. So no matter what other people say, you've got a fan with me, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Uh, I'm learning. I'm still learning, so I'll get better. But it's, uh, it's an interesting one for sure. Maybe, maybe we'll get to do one, one, one day together. I think that would be sick. That would be rad. Yeah. thanks for having me on, bro.
1: And uh, I look forward to catching, catching the Champions League
0: uh in an hour or so i think yeah no it starts now like it's uh i think it's it five o'clock well it's because of like this 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 daylight time so oh no maybe it's when? an hour i don't know when does this go out when do we when does this go out i'll i'll, I'll probably put it out like now oh sweet i i thought about awesome. i thought about doing it live on twitch and decided not to no we can do that we can do that another day right yeah we'll, well next time we'll for sure go live on twitch yeah yeah let's do it awesome All right, dude Thank um, thanks for your time man appreciate it you too thanks for your time everyone that was louis let the man the myth the legend coming to us from london england thank you very much sir <laughs> guys we will see you next time peace